Hi, and welcome to Focus Fridays, a special podcast series where we share the stories of former missionaries who are making a difference in the world of work. I'm Jane, the founder and creative director of The Sunday Monday, a website and community designed to help you be bold in your faith, work, and life. And I'm Ellie Schmidt, a former five-year on-campus missionary and currently the senior manager of career services for Focus. On this podcast, we're talking to men and women who have made the jump from mission-focused work to mission-driven work in both the for-profit and nonprofit spaces. Whether you're currently a missionary, thinking about joining a missionary organization, or just planning your next move, this series is for you. So sit back, relax, and get ready for some pearls of wisdom from some of the most holy and hardworking people we know. Let's get down to business. Hello, everyone. We are thrilled to have our guest here today. Uh, I'm good friends with Michael, Ellie knows Michael and we're just happy to have you. Well, you're new friends. Ellie and Michael are new friends and we're really excited to have you here. So thanks for joining us. Of course. Thanks for having me. So as we get started on our conversation today, Michael, can you tell us a little bit about your first job? Yeah, for sure. I was actually praying about this thing about this the other day because I had so many previous jobs. I guess the first job was actually an internship um, actually at the courthouse. So I'm actually from uh, Miami, Florida born and raised. And I had a good friend of mine um, who actually his mom is still is, I think she is a judge at a criminal court. So over the summer of what was it? I think I was probably 12, 13 years old, like eighth grade, ninth grade. She was like, yeah, Michael, love to have you kind of show you the ropes and everything. I was very interested in being a lawyer, um, still am interested in, in law and politics and all that. Um, so yeah, I was able to really see the ropes. It was really interesting. I saw a lot of the criminal procedure that was going on. I saw, you know, a lot of the prosecution, um, and the defense and met a lot of very interesting characters that you see that are defendants there for sure. So it was just really cool to kind of see the whole gamut of everything. That's exciting, Michael. My father's an attorney, so, um, grew up in a similar culture there, getting to experience that on father daughter day when they take you to work. (laughs) Um, But tell us, Michael, I'm very curious, uh, how did you go from that first job to your yes in mission work um, and getting involved with Focus? Yeah, great question. So yeah, being from Miami, um, I'm actually, my parents are both um, Cuban. Um, I'm Cuban-American as a result, first generation here. So my Catholic faith is really a big part (laughs) of our culture. Um, You know, parents are both awesome, awesome people and only child. So religion was something that was very much um, a big focal point. So I went to, um, you know, Catholic grade school. I went to an all-boy Jesuit high school as well. So definitely say Ignatius was a big part of my life, religion. But for the most part, though, as much as my parents tried, it was still kind of felt shoved, you know, in, in many ways. Um, so I just was kind of culturally Catholic. I'd go to mass. I was an altar server for freaking a whole decade, um, which was interesting, uh, which I enjoyed. Uh, but really when I got to University of Miami, so I went to Florida State um, for about two semesters, did kind of everything you do there in Tally, you know, you party the whole, whole nine yards. And my grandmother, unfortunately, she actually got diagnosed with breast cancer. Um, my freshman year. So I was actually very close of her. Um, again, being an only child, she actually raised me. Um, for the most part, my parents were, you know, working or whatnot during the day. So I came back um, to Miami to kind of visit. And at that point, my dad had actually told me, hey, you actually got um, deferred to go to the University of Miami. 
And I was thinking, I was like, well, you know, maybe this could be a good opportunity to be close to my family. And if anything ever happened to my grandmother, I wouldn't be able to forgive myself, you know? So I went to the U and uh, my best friend, actually my, James, James actually met him. Uh, also my best man at my wedding, just got married a couple of months ago. Um, Tomas, he would kind of introduce me to, you know, everything around the community at, at Miami, introduced Renee and I to and everything, which is pretty cool. But he introduced me to the, um, the Catholic community over there at Miami. And I was like, you know what, I'll kind of go. I know, was, you know, Renee knows her, but at the time I was interested in another girl, you know, how that's kind of how the guys kind of get introduced either. Some guys actually helping them hang out, watch sports, or they're introduced by some girl that they're interested in. Um, so I went on this retreat um, and it was really an amazing experience. It was kind of a burning of the bush experience where I really felt that the Lord was kind of calling me by name and telling, you know, Michael, I love you. And, you know, I have a plan for you in your life. Um, and in that moment, I'm someone to go zero to 60 real quick with anything I decided to do. And I was like, all right, Lord, like I really have to start making some, some life changes here and making a decision to kind of follow you. So I got very involved um, within the campus ministry. I was on the exec board um, the entire time. Really, my goal is to try to bring men to Christ um, at, at the University of Miami. So I actually served as the president of the campus ministry my senior year. And we actually had St. Paul's Outreach. Um, before we had focus. So Ellie and I were talking a little bit before about, you know, the Holy Spirit and the charismatics aspect. So that was really drew me at first, um, really, especially as a guy, unfortunately, um, really, well, at least me speaking only on, on my behalf, kind of really stink at letting our emotions go, flow and like really allowing the Lord to kind of come into that. So really that was a huge aspect of me, a charismatic aspect. So focus came in, honestly, I wasn't a huge fan at the time since we just had lost SPLs, a whole, whole nine yards. Um, but I remember Robert and Chris, um, Cat Peak and, and Martha, who I call Madika, my little grandma. I love Martha Griswold. She's awesome. The TD there at the time. Um, yeah, they were a great team. And I was thinking, you know, I wanted to get involved in politics, want to go to law school, but what better way can I impact society than to impact the next generation of men and, and women? But I was thinking, men, you know, we just man, there's such a dire need for good men in the world and the faith. So I decided to join Focus. And then when I joined Focus, it was really cool. I was thinking about, you know, I want to go to like the darkest place in the country. Um, I want to go to the Northeast. I just had that on my mind. And obviously, wherever we go is where I'm going to serve graciously. But for a while, I was going to go to Harvard. And I was like, man, it's going to be so cool. Um, and then I get in the envelope is like uh, Sarah, Sarah Judge, also awesome missionary. I think she's actually, yeah, her and Nehru are living in the area now too. But yeah, I got a note from her. She was a Matiti. I was like, welcome to the jungle. You know, welcome to New York City. And I got assigned to Columbia. And I was so excited. I was like, wow, this is, yeah, great. Like New York City, let's go. You know, I was super, super pumped uh, to cut in there. So yeah, sorry, a little long-winded there, but no, I really, it's really been a joy that, that whole entire process and just to serve served for three years, one at Columbia, and then two at uh, George Mason. That's very exciting, Michael, and uh, just very inspiring to hear your story and your experience with SPO. Uh, they're such an incredible organization as well, and I think you had mentioned earlier that's where we had first met. Uh, I was at a spiritual impact boot camp with Focus, um, and those are wonderful retreats that they do. Um, fun fact though, Michael, about your story, I was actually almost the team director at that university. So instead of Martha, that would have been me. <laughs> oh, that would have been crazy. I'm getting awesome. placed at UC Santa Barbara. So it's just such a small, um, 
but yeah, that that's that's very exciting, Michael. And so, in that yes to mission work, uh, can you tell us a little bit about your transition from mission work to the secular world, um, and kind of what led you to that decision? Um, it was really an ultimatum by Renee, really. <laughs> in many ways, um, we were the way I really I serve, and she knows this is I give my all to my guys and teammates and, and the students there. And it was just really, really tough um, to really making sure I'm balancing, spending all that time, you know, as you know, we can share all the time with the students, but then still giving, you know, to Renee at the time. And, and I had been there for three years and things of that nature. So I started to really think, you know, it's like, I really do love Renee. I mean, we had been together, what, five years at that point, four or five years. We've been friends since we were freshmen in college, we're debate partners and, and all that. So um, really a big part of, of leaving um, Focus was to try to get more of like that work-life balance um, in a sense, just because not that Focus didn't provide that, but just kind of the way that I lived out mission was like so intense and so just there with my guys. So then I decided to, all right, let's 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 start to, to kind of move on here and try to find a nine to five where I can be able to give to Renee spiritually um, as well and start to work into that transition. So that's kind of led me to start to, to start to think about things um, outside of focus. Yes. I love, I love Renee and um, (laughs) she, she's an absolute hero and um, and yeah, seeing you make, make that decision and make that transition. I, I I met her when you were at Columbia, I think so a long time ago. And, um, and she, she spoke so highly of the way that you, you cared for people and especially in an environment like that, where it really was, grueling, um, to, to live your faith and to share that light. Um, oftentimes with people who maybe didn't, were not as receptive to it, um, in different ways. Uh, and as you're thinking about leaving focus, right. And moving on to the next thing, where did you start? Like, what was it for you that you were thinking about doing what aspects of, of your work with focus? Did you really want to bring into your next role? Like where, what was your thought process in figuring out your next step? Yeah, that's a good question. I think, yeah, I also thinking about this one beforehand, it was tough. Uh, I really love to do work where I care for people, where like I'm called to serve others. I just have that always been since I was a child, like that servant, servant mindset. Um, so I was kind of torn because I wanted to, I had some opportunities actually um, where I could have potentially like maybe worked on the Hill um, in DC. I used to intern for different congressmen back home in Miami. Um, but the, the pay was not great. Um, and also the, uh, the hours were not great either. I was like, well, that defeats the entire purpose of what I was trying to do here with Renee. So, um, and um, I actually was thinking about as well, got offered uh, to potentially be uh, in philanthropy with focus actually too, um, before, before I kind of left. And that was something that I was very much um, thinking about as well. Um, but yeah, I tried to, to kind of maybe look at some of the opportunities that we had of in focus, which I know, now, Ellie wasn't there at the time, but I, I hear great things of what you're doing over there to help out with the different career services. But I was trying to think about, you know, like I do want to potentially like maybe still work um, in the church. Um, I was actually one of the two. It was actually Nebro ended up getting it, which was awesome. It was between him and I to be the director of young adult ministry um, here in, in the Diocese of Arlington, which would have been cool. Um, but I was kind of pressed for time. Right. So I started looked on LinkedIn. Um, I looked at. Um, indeed, I just kind of went all over the place. And I was looking into sales roles, um, just as like, you know, we all have to sell ourselves. And in the interview too, I remember telling them like, look, I sold myself for three years. I fundraised 100% of my salary. So this isn't a transferable skill. Like, I really don't know what is. They're like, yeah, we completely agree. Like, this is, that's incredible that you're able to do that. 
Um, and that was a really, really cool thing that kind of led me to where I am now in my current role. That's awesome. And I love hearing just some of the things that you explored uh, in addition to um, where you are now. So in that, what does your day-to-day look like, Michael? And can you explain a little bit more about what you do now? Yeah, very different from what I did before in some ways similar. So I am currently a sales manager um, from, I would like to call it inside sales consulting firm. So essentially the best way to kind of explain it is you have a bunch of different companies, a lot of them startups, a lot of them like mid-tier companies, they're trying to get their product out there, right? They have their account executives that they close the sale. And what our team does with the top of the sales funnel. So we get a lot of different accounts and then we have our sales reps that are assigned to those different accounts. We call them the different campaigns. And then they schedule that initial meeting um, with a prospect, CFOs, the C-suite, directors, VP, and above to try to help close a deal for these companies. So kind of what, what I do now, um, I have a lot of different sessions, coaching sessions, um, we call them, where I help them work on their script. Um, I help them like with dial sessions to kind of help them out. I help them prospect to find the correct people to look for. Um, but one of the cool things that actually translate a little bit on some work and focus um, is that I used to work with students, you know, to help them grow in their faith. A lot of the people I work with, they just graduated college. They really have no idea what the heck they're doing with their lives and how to be a professional. So one of the ways that I kind of, my experience with focus has really helped is that, and I tell them first and foremost, I care about you as a person. And I really try to get to know them as an individual, which then obviously relates to better work performance as well, just as a side result. Um, so I think that's really cool that I'm able to kind of bring that notion through my talks with all the students that I used to have working with in focus um, that I really enjoy that I get to do now as a manager of just really mentoring them, you know, as, as they start to progress into their professional world. Yeah, I love that. And, and definitely you can see the, there's so many ways, right. That your experience and focus has helped you succeed in this role, right. Where it's not just a a head thing where you can see people and you're hearing what they're experiencing. And you're, I know you've told me you've had some really beautiful conversations with um, the people who work for you, but it's also a heart thing because you know, what's going on um, in, or you can, you can guess probably pretty well what's going on in their hearts and, and what they're longing for and what, 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 what their desires are either in the job or in life. And, and I just think they are so lucky to have you as a manager and as a mentor, um, especially in that first job, which can be really scary and really overwhelming for so many people. Is there anything specifically, um, about your time with focus that you think, um, you, you lean on in your job today? Um, I definitely think it's that ability just to, like you're saying, like I can see one of my, I'll call them SDRs, sales development reps. I kind of see one of them, they're kind of struggling or I see something that has them down and just my time and focus of really always making sure to like care for each individual student. I'm able to talk, take them to a side or in our one-on-one that we have monthly, like, Hey, what's really going on? They're like, well, you know, I'm struggling with metrics. I'm struggling getting meetings. I'm like, no, no, no. Like, what's really going on? You know, like trying to really figure out like, what is that um, aspect that's really like pausing them to not just increase in their, in their work, but just like in their, in their life. And I think that's something that I'm thankful for focus each and every day that I think we as Catholics in the working world have a leg up in many ways, not that necessarily a lot of people can't do that, but I think that's one area we can bring a lot of value um, is that 
hey, like, yeah, you're not just a number, you're not just here for a paycheck, but it's, it's, it's a combination, right? Like we can still reach our business goals and you can be even better, but learn how to care for people and see what's really going on in their day to day. So yeah, that's just something I really enjoyed to do. And I even have my sales reps asking me questions about the faith, which is pretty funny. I have this one guy just started. Um, and I just, they all know, like, it's, it's really cool being a former focus missionary. Cause like, yeah, what'd you do before? It's like, well, it's like a Catholic missionary and all this stuff. And then all the questions come in. So I don't have to do much. And then I have one guy that he's like, oh yeah, you know, I grew up Catholic. And then it gives me an opportunity to kind of pry a little bit. It's like, oh, cool. Like, where's your family from? Like, well, like my grandma's Syrian. So like Syrian Catholic. Oh, that's really cool. And so he doesn't know a lot about like the Catholic faith. Um, but he always asked me like a question a day about Catholicism. Like I was explaining him the Jesuits, <laughs> like the other day I was explaining interesting Catholicism and Protestantism. So it's just really cool just to have those organic conversations, especially in a secular world where, you know, secularism, even though um, it's, it's not ideal, you can still use that to your advantage because they say they're open, right. To talk to you. So great, let's have this open conversation about our ideals in a way that's learning not to judge, but to truly seek to understand. And it's a really cool opportunity I get to do that. That's awesome, Michael. Uh, and <laughs> it bounces me right into my next question is, I think that's something that is one of those barriers from missionaries looking to leave focus and then really testing the water in the for-profit world. Um, as a lot of them, either forsook uh, going into the for-profit world before they did focus or left it. Um, I know I spoke with a young man about leaving, uh, working for Walsh or Wells Fargo on Wall Street and leaving that behind and then going into focus. And sometimes um, not him, but other people can struggle in that transition back um, into the secular workforce. What advice would you give somebody who's considering making that jump? Yeah, that's a great question. I would say, um, just talking about specifically from a for, former focus mission, right? Coming back, we had and still do, like, there's so many awesome ways that focus helps you prepare um, for this type of jump. And we have that, like, still try to, even though it's not in your schedule, right? It's like making that into your schedule. Holy hours, try to go to daily mass, um, even the little things, right? Because you might not be able to to go and find eucharistic adoration it might not be available in your town and that's okay like find that nook in your home to try and pray try to find different avenues and, and obviously try to find that community but i think the first and foremost thing is don't be don't be fearful of it like you have a beautiful relationship with the lord that you've been fostering for two years three years 10 years 15 years you know however long you've been in focus like lean on that um and always come back to that I think that's a huge thing that will help in your transition. But also another thing too, it's like, know that people are, are not out there. Like devil likes to really mess with our heads and like, oh, like you're Catholic, you're Christian, like everything's happening in the political landscape. It's like, oh, that means like you're otherwise, you're this. Like, no, like people really at the end of the day are seeking to understand. People just have a lot of questions. And as long as you are striving to live, to live a good life. Like my SDRs know I'm not a perfect being. I make mistakes and I admit to them all the time, apologize for different things here and there. But I think as long as we're having that good relationship with the Lord, which I know is difficult, it's still difficult for, for me, especially now as a married man too, adding that all aspects into it. Um, and just not going out there like fearful, like have a good mindset of like people do really seek to like try to understand you. And they're really curious about your life. That's the one cool thing I think about sound like an old man but like just generation like millennials gener generation z like they're actually very inquisitive people 
who are really seeking to like find deeper meaning and deeper understanding in life. So really like play into that and don't be fearful, you know, be positive and hopeful. That's so beautiful. And I mean, how lucky are the small group of Gen Z people that you get to work with um, to have you as a witness and as an example of someone who leads not only with your faith, but with integrity, with excellence, with all of those things that you have fostered in your life and chosen through your work, through your personal decisions and through everything. So they're very, very lucky to have you. And we are very lucky to have you on this podcast. So we cannot thank you enough for your time. We have one more question for you, Michael. What is working for you right now? tough one working for me spiritually physically or, or work-wise or both and both either or and, both <laughs> and geez um it's there's sometimes we feel like nothing's working honestly but uh but it all is right at the end of the day i think my positive positive mindset um really trying to, to again seek to kind of understand where people are coming from um because i can easily you know, like I've talked to Fernand and my coworkers about all the time, are we open and honest about like my mental health, you know, struggles with that. Um, so just kind of like, I can easily, you know, retreat in a lot of different ways, the devil or like mentally and physically things kind of get to me, or I can really like try to seek to understand, really try to stay positive mindset. I think easily, we all can struggle with this, right? We have a little insecurity, whatever the case may be. We allow that to eat us alive or like ruin our lives or just continue to live by that. But I think what's working for me is I really wake up every single day. It's like, all right, you know, Lord, like, what is it that you want me to help out today? Like who is the SDR that's going to have a struggle today? Who's the individual that they're going to need like a positive, you know, smile or just someone encouraging. So I just try to stay very positive, um, encouraging and, and just hopeful for the others around me when in many ways people, you know, that's the last thing that might be on their mind for that day, but it's like learning how to like love and care in the mundane and just, just living that out to the fullest. That's awesome. Couldn't agree more. And I think you've had just a um, incredible story about your experience with focus before focus, and then now moving into uh, the for-profit world and really being able to navigate some of those relationships, conversations very well. And I think that's so inspiring. So thank you for your time today, Michael. It was such a pleasure getting to know you. Um, And that's a wrap. So thank you so much. And we'll see you later. Thanks, Michael. No problem. Take care, y'all.